Welcome to the 50th edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic Again. I am Tiger Height. And I'm Peanut Gallery. We're not sure if it's actually episode 50 or if it's 51. It is 51. I know that for an absolute fact. You just said it was number 50, though. Did I say it was 50? Yeah. No, it's it's 51 because I'm like, oh, WrestleMania is 50. So. I thought it was 68 because I wanted really episode 69. Right. Yeah, we're not there quite yet. So let's Dang talk it. about. So let's just talk about all the SuperCard of Honor, making majestic again. We're not gonna separate out per match. That'd oh God, no! It's too much time. That'd be work. way too. That'd be way too. That's annoying. a lot of work. here. Yep. Anyways, so, so let's talk about SuperCard of Honor. Overall, it was okay. I liked the show. It was. It was good. It wasn't great. It was good. There were a few banger matches, and then there were a few matches. Yeah, that just like just... like the opener. Uh, Swerve Strickland taking oh, on Alex Zane. That was awesome. It was. This was a great match. And, I mean, Alex Zane, he was really pushed even within WWE. Mm -hmm. And I think I know why. He, this was a star-making match right here. It was a good opening match. That's all I can say about it. But it was the um, JFL driver for Swerve Strickland to win. It was this, it was this, very inconsequential. It was inconsequential, but I think it was a great opener overall. It gave a good introduction for both guys. I was very happy with yeah. it in general. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the next match. Ninja Mac, who is really popular with the crowd, and Brian Cage. No, just not a fan of it. You weren't? No. Nope. Really? What was what was your thing about this? It was a, it was fucking one side the whole time. I'm glad that Brian is still with AEW, and I think him with no. This is just his compensation prize for oh, get, get you have you for another year now. We're not going to give you a world title, but here you go. No, I think this is kind of where he needs to be. They need some star power. It was a squash match. Let's put it this way. It well, was a that's, fucking well, But that's match. fine. It was a fun squash match. I really enjoyed it. It wasn't. It, I didn't enjoy this at all. It was a drill cloth for the win. Peanut Gallery is just a... I'm very cynical about you're this. You're very cynical about this. I didn't like it. Jay Lethal. This one was actually better than the last one this was. This was a great It was match. a good match because there's actually a background to this. <gasps> oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know what the thing was with Seidel, but he was definitely hurt. But Jay Lethal and his heel work is unbelievable. Well, we'll talk more about that when, uh, oh, yeah. when but, push comes to shove. But this, this match within of itself was great. I loved the... Low blow. Yeah. I can't believe I did that. Then hit lethal injection for the win. Yeah. I like that juxtaposition. Like, that was, like he's he's in a personal he's in an internal conflict with himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, and stupend. If if you want me to talk about stupendous, that was stupendous. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just just the whole thing of the lethal heel turn yep. is stupendous. Absolutely. But overall, I, even even Lee Moriarty. This might have been his star-making oh, yeah. match. Lee Moriarty is something. Yeah. He's he's right there, man. He's so close. He climbed those ranks quickly, man. Oh, yeah. Oh. <sighs> okay. We have Collective lot- size with this match here. We have a lot to unpack here. So, this match was... Okay, so number one, it was for the interim women's champion. I don't particularly mind that because of the scheduling snafu, whatever. It's fine. It, it gives them something else to do. This whole match, number Fuck, one, man. Number one, they had like ten false finishes, which were completely unnecessary. Yep. But then, the moonsault, the moonsault where she legitimately lands full force on 
um, Mercedes Martinez. And, you know, God bless Willow Nightingale. She's actually really popular, and there's definitely something with her. But this moonsault, no. 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 There were a lot of other things about this match. There was a lot about this. It was very slow. It was clunky. It wasn't that it was slow. It was inconsistent. There was no hierarchy of movesets or anything. It was just like, oh, here we go. We're going to do this and this and this and this, and then we're going to slow down. Remember, like 8,000 moves in quick succession. And also, I feel like this was a disrespect for what they did with the women's division in uh, Ring of Honor. Yeah, they, uh, because the problem is, the, what is the build to this? Yeah, there was no, doesn't care about right, the there was division. There was no build to this. Now, if they won, like, a opportunity right. to get into this match on AEW, I would have understood right. this. But they didn't do that. Right. Um, it was just whatever. Yeah. And it was the Brass City sleeper for Mercedes Martinez to win. Whoop, I'm actually... whoop the fucking dude. Right. I will say at least one thing. I am excited for a Perrazzo-Martinez match. Well, yeah, because Perrazzo-Martinez matches are always pretty good, right. as long as it takes place on impact. Oh. <laughs> All right, this was well-deserving of five stars uh, by... Uh, this was excellent yeah. in every shape of the word. The by, goes by, by, by Dave Kahn, apparently, because right. he's fucking sucking dick somewhere. Oh, Absolutely. So. So, the Briscoes... But it was, was well-deserved. It was a great match. It was a great match. Now, this is how you pace right. Yes. These two... These four individuals knew how to pace this yep. to where it was a 27-minute match, but I enjoyed every second. Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, it was, it was awesome. They knew, they knew this, but that comes with experience, and that you got that feeling. Also, the crowd was really into this match. They were. They were... Loud with yeah. a capital L, not like so. I can confirm this. Um, the segments with Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, they are muting the crowd. Oh yeah, they are. Loud boos, shut the fuck ups all the way. Yeah. They did not do this with this no. because they would have been booed out of the building. This was so great. This felt like this felt like a world title match yeah. sort of thing. And I was so happy to see that. But it was the big rig for FTR to win. The Young Bucks come out, hit super kicks. Can they not? The, the tag team division within the AEW lore is the best thing in wrestling, period. Well, I want to talk about that, but let's go. Let's move on. <laughs> but, but just like that attack and everything, it too. Mm. Awesome. I liked this. Because Minoru Suzuki, it felt it felt too short. That's yes. my issue. Uh, red, this, red, red this, I didn't get the full Minoru Suzuki experience with this match. I can see that it was six minutes on the money, and I, 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 I can, Minoru Suzuki match should be at least twelve minutes. Also, I kind of wanted to see Red Titus with a little more oomph. Yeah, he kind of looked like a scrub. Yeah, kind of, and, yeah, he did. He was a scrub. I expect like a New Japan ish style match with this because it's Minoru fucking Suzuki. But 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 Red Titus is also a great wrestler, and I think there should have been a little more false finishes with this. Yeah. We just knew Minoru Suzuki was toying with him. No, let's have a good back and forth yeah. with something like this. That's kind of what I was expecting. I want Minoru Suzuki to fight for this title. I didn't want him to like, oh, here you go. Here's the title. I'll just hand it to you. That's now, what it felt like to me. I, I, I did like Minoru Suzuki winning the belt. Yep. I wanted more of a fight. 
I did. But that's being a little nitpicky. No, it's not nitpicky. I want more of a fight. Oh, God. So, this one, it was kind of in a death it was kind of in a death place, and also it was so forgettable. I yeah. don't even remember what happened during this so, match. So obviously, Josh Woods and Wheeler Yuta. I love Josh Woods. He he really supports our show, and I appreciate him for but, that. But but I it, this was this was not his star performance. No, this was very forgettable. Well, now for me, hindsight's twenty twenty. I did see the Wheeler Yuta John Moxley match, and that was freaking awesome. So I was a little bit spoiled, but Pina Gallery did not see that match. Yeah, because I don't bother watching the weekly television shows because they're all the same. So. Well, I mean, Dynamite or Rampage is a little bit different. But no, they're all the same. Wheeler, Wheeler, Yuta, I like the guy. I really do. This was just not his match. Let's put it this way: they're not built different, right? Um, it it, it just felt a little clunky. Yeah. And it, a weird placement for this it match. Was. This should have been the first title match. It should have been, yes. But it was just kind of a weird spot, and I think that's what the disservice was. Yeah. It was the placement. We'll talk about placement when you make the shit Majestic again, because really a lot of this is not that hard to make Majestic again. But Wheeler Yuta won with a modified jackknife roll-up. I kind of like that yeah. move. That was kind of a cool move. And Wheeler Yuta won. He is the pure champion and also... Um, the replacement champion. There was a replacement champion, and the person who made Goldie was the guy who made this championship. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yep, he made the original. They brought back the Reggie Parks because it's Reggie Parks' belt. Right. But that one got so beat up that they had to do something different. Oh, really? Yep. Huh. Yep, that's what happened. And cool. there you go. And let's talk about this main event. Ooh. This match was fantastic. This was awesome. What a great main event. I loved the Chavo Guerrero involvement. I did not like that no, part. No, I did because it made Bandito look that much more like a baby face. I didn't he didn't need that though. He like, didn't he didn't Chavo Guerrero, I think, was super unnecessary. Chavo Guerrero is just a waste of everyone's breath. Let's put it this way. So Yeah. Because it's all about fucking Eddie with yeah. him. It's After, all, like, t Eddie's been gone for almost 20 years, okay? Chavo, if, if, you can, if you can't make your own fucking identity, then fuck you. Right. Honestly, it's all about fucking Eddie. Right. It's all about Eddie Guerrero. God bless his soul. God. But, 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 but when Chavo is in there, nobody says Chavo. Chavo, they did that with his dad. They say Eddie. Well, you know, it's just, it's it's too bad that he can't make his own legacy. So, there we go. Well, no, he he, he hops on the Guerrero legacy. No, where... I mean, I mean, fuck, Vicky Guerrero made her own legacy. Yeah, that's the difference. Vicky Guerrero made her own legacy. Yeah, Chavo can't seem to get off the Eddie train, or her, or his dad's train. Right. Chavo Classic was a huge star in Mexico. I'm talking about America. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying. I mean, even but, even. But anyways. Chavo hell, was hell, Chavo hell. was totally unnecessary. We did not need Chavo Guerrero. I'm I'm very much but happy it was with a, him. It was a, it was a sweet it was a sweet Oklahoma role for Gresham to win. And see, for me, the finish oh, was Jay, kind of weird. Jay, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. Oh yes, that was that was amazing. awesome, amazing. And then Samoa Joe coming back. The people not a fan, not a fan of Samoa Joe's entry into this. But we'll, we're going to talk about that because I'm going to disagree with you. But I do like the Jay Lethal beatdown yep. of Jonathan Gresham. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. But I also did like the Sanjay Dutt involvement. Yeah, because Sanjay, now, yes. Now you have this whole arc 
that Samoa Joe did not need to be involved in, but he got himself involved in it because we're going to talk because about that boner because the Tony Khan boner. We're going to talk about that when we make pro wrestling majestic again, which is exactly what we're going to do here in like like after this break. So stay tuned. Let's make. We're not only going to make Supercard of Honor and Ring of Honor Majestic again, but we're going to make Pro Wrestling Majestic again. All right, Peanut Gallery, we're talking about Ring of Honor. We're talking about Supercard of Honor. But also, we're going to talk about making this shit Majestic again. Let's talk about the whole hierarchy of not only just this match, but everything that surrounded it. Okay, great. So here's what really needed to happen. So number one, Chavo Guerrero did not need to be involved in this match. You know why? Because Bandito's about to become irrelevant in this because Jonathan Gresham won. So there was no need for that to happen. Bandito's not going to become irrelevant. He's too good. He's so good. Bandito is not going to challenge for the world title again in Ring of Honor, just period. If anything were to happen to Bandito at this point in time, he's going to feud with Chavo Jr., which is not gonna. Chavo, it's, it's Chavo's not, not it's wrestling. Not, it's it's not gonna move any needles. Let's put it that way. So Bandito is irrelevant at this point. Really, right now, it's all about it's all about um, Jonathan Gresham, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt. That is the rivalry that I'm interested in. And Samojo. I don't want Samojo to be involved. Samojo. No. No, he he should not have been involved. The only way that he is going to be involved. And then the only way that I see this working is if there is like this sort of tag team arc for a while. I don't know if Sanjay Dutt is in a wrestleable ability right now, but that's the only way that that's going to work. Is, is if Sanjay, Sanjay and Jay Lethal versus Samoa Joe and Jonathan Gresham. But I don't see it happening. So there really is no point for Samoa Joe to be involved other than to be a lackey to Jonathan Gresham. Here's what I would have. Here's I'm what... not a fan of that because Samoa Joe deserves more. He deserves to be in a better position well, than is, just a lackey now, to Jonathan Gresham. Jonathan Gresham is a real star here. All we're, right? we're, we're, we're seeing this as hindsight 2020, but Samoa Joe is a, going to be a part of the Owen Hart Foundation tournament because he did debut on Dynam or Rampage excuse, or Dynamite, yes. Yeah. So but, here's but, what here's what I would have done in this situation. Chavo comes out with Bandito. It makes sense, right? Whatever. Not well, I guess. But no, no, no hear me out. What? Listen to what I'm saying because I think this will make more sense. I would have had Chavo Guerrero try to help Bandito like he did, but when Bandito did. A lot less of it. Chavo Guerrero should have turned his back on Bandito during the match. Jonathan Gresham should have been the one that said, hey, he took him out. Jay Lethal comes out. Then we have a three-person faction with Jay Lethal, Chavo Guerrero Jr., and Sanjay Dutt. Then you bring in Samoa Joe. You have a three, three-on-three, depending on health. Right there, but also not only that, but you also have generational, you have a lot of tie-ins, you have a lot of stuff going on here where the heels have the power trip, where the baby faces have to work as a wrestler's perspective. And I think that would have made this make a lot more sense. But you're then predicating the fact that Chavo Guerrero and Sanjay Dutt are in wrestleable condition, which I don't know if they are. 
like I like I said, right. like I said, without without that tag team factor involved, there was no reason for Samoa Joe to be involved at all. And there was no reason. This, and this, I'll, I'll be honest, there was no reason for Jay Lethal to be involved either. Because why did he have to come out and do this? Because Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham, the two faces of this company at this point in time. Are going to feud, which is amazing, and we'll, oh, I'm I'm okay with that. Well, we'll conclude a story arc that's been how many years in the making? Like at least a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, oh, I can I can I can understand. I mean, shit, that. there's been all this tension, and I don't understand why Samoa Joe has to be involved. This was this was weirdly booked. I think they booked Samoa Joe at the end because number one, because Samoa, it was Samoa Joe, right? Samoa Joe is so synonymous with Ring of Honor, and them signing him and going into this would have been fine. I feel like him coming in at a different time would have been maybe better. Yep. Like with our next one. With Wheeler Yuta, it would have added more credibility to Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, because this was this was just I I I don't care what you say. It was very forgettable. It was, and I don't like saying this because once again, I like. It should have been Yuta. lower on the card, not for a bad thing, but for a good thing. This should have been lower on the card because it would make more sense down there. I think this should have been the opening match. Mm-hmm. That's what I think too. I think if the Swerve Strickland match and the Wheeler Yuta match switch places, we would have a much better pay per view. Because they 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 con they congregate all of the title matches at the end. And you right. don't do that. You don't congregate it's, the title it's, it's, matches it's, it's, at the it's, end. It's a lot of stuff that's too important right. at the very end, and that's not what you, you want. You have to, to have a non title match right before the main event. Right. You don't have a title match right before the main event. It's like oh well, once again. Here's another thing. This actually uh, worked well where it was. But at the same time, I wanted Rhett Titus, who's a very good wrestler, have more of a fighting chance and get absolutely right. slaughtered by I, Minoru I, Suzuki. I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to see a Minoru Suzuki match. I didn't want to see this fucking song and dance bullshit. Right. Have, have Rhett Titus at least have a fighting chance against Minoru Suzuki. I wanted like a 25-minute banger between these two. Hell, even a 10-minute. Yeah. I would have been okay with that. It was barely six. Right, but you just want like the you want to you want to see some Japanese strong style with this. Match, I'll be right? honest. I'll be honest with you. I want to see some blood in this match. I wanted blood. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the blood portion of it. But. You, I mean, obviously that will be something you're going to be talking about with um, uh, Hecklin. Yes, but I feel like this probably would have been a little more appropriate if maybe somebody got yep. cut open the hard way because that would have really illustrated that. Japanese strong style really well, and I know that both of these guys are such professionals that they would have done that the safe way. Yeah. So that's why I would have said that this would have been a perfect match to where somebody takes an elbow, skids it across the forehead to where you know that's going to cut up or like, right like above the, the eyebrow. Like the only match where it would have made sense to have blood was obviously the match they had with blood in it was this one. This actually it made sense to have blood in this match because of I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done anything This was different. literally a blood feud. This this was a perfect match. Now the Young Bucks, I'm still have mixed feelings on. I but... have mixed feelings about it too because I'm not sure if FTR babyface or heels. What are the Briscoes right. at this point? The only people who came out of this that like they're, obviously they're made totally sense. Totally ambiguous at this point. Why are you having two different rivalries at the same time? Exactly. That's the only thing that I don't like. And I don't know. I hindsight for me is twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, the Young Bucks and FTR. 
And I can also excuse me. They I can a, also talk about the progression of these storylines now I, as they've happened on TV versus what you're probably going to hear on right now, like it, live. Now hindsight 2020, FDR did have the match with the Young Bucks for both the Triple A and Ring of Honor World Champions. It was an excellent match. Yeah, but the problem is, <laughs> my, my look at here is where do the Briscoes go? The, I, well, again. What purpose do they serve at this point? It's kind of like Bandito. So you're putting these Ring of Honor people by the wayside to advance now, obviously, obviously, another interest. It's, it's, it's only a week, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be optimistic because obviously, dude, they're, they're taking the titles off these people because they didn't sign contracts with uh, AEW. You don't think you think so? Yep, absolutely. I'm gonna talk about that when I okay. when uh, we do heckling. Everything about this match was garbage. It um, was. And again, from, again, Mercedes Martinez. The only reason Mercedes Martinez won was because she is signed. Willow Nightingale is not signed with the company. She was on there on a contract basis. That's a bad problem then. Because then it's like, oh, you can almost predict who's going to win based on yep. if they sign a contract or not. That's not Ooh, how it's WWE! <laughs> essentially. No, no. Literally, essentially, that's what this is. Like, yeah. That's not what you New, New want. New Japan Pro Wrestling has less predictability at this point. Deanna Perrazzo is yeah. right now the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion right. before that there was any sort of signing, and AEW is trying to get her. You're not going to get Deanna. No. They're not going to have that happen. So what's going to happen then? I'm sorry. Ring of Honor, I think, just overall is a problem. I know you're going to talk about this, mm -hmm. but I'm going to at least say this one thing. Ring of Honor should be the place to where you are introduced to new people yeah. on a contract-to-contract -contract basis instead of a you're assigned to AEW basis. Yeah. Because you know why? You're a brown Mr. McMahon at that point. Yeah, and, and, and I'm going to talk about the, the world title situation as well because there are rumors that Jonathan Gresham has signed with AEW as well. Right, and that's, that's the only reason that he won that match. Well, that's not the only reason. Bandito was not signed with, with AEW. We knew that. But Jonathan Gresham wasn't either, but I think that he did sign. I think he's going to. I think he has that one match at Rev or at yeah, at uh, Rebellion yeah. against Eddie Edwards. Then he's gonna be with um AEW full yeah. time. I wanna talk about that. This was awesome. I love the lethal heel churn. I love lethal yeah. as a heel. Um, I think it with, made it made sense for his character development. And then Lee Moriarty still looked like a star. He really came out of this despite him yeah. losing as a huge babyface. Yeah. He did great. I love his move set. He has great charisma. Yeah. There's something with Lee Moriarty. Don't sleep on that nope, guy. No, I'm not going to. And either. every every time I sit there and say don't sleep on them, I have fucking plebs say, oh, he's a nothing. I said that about Wheeler Yuta. Five months ago, to not sleep on him, mm -hmm. I said that. Uh, I said that about Mercedes Martinez to not sleep on her because she still has a lot to offer mm -hmm. despite the poor performance right. uh, during this match. Now, right. I'm not saying that Willow is bad. I'm saying that their that their styles do not mesh well. Every time that I say that, oh, whatever, Nikita Lyons, oh, she did great. Yeah, that's why she didn't have a match for a month and a fucking yeah, and half. Nikita and then the Lyons other one was, was edited to shit. Oh, guess what? Tiger Height's right. Oh, shit. Maybe I should put that on a fucking t-shirt. Tiger <laughs> Height is right. Because this shit's so predictable. 
What is your problem with Brian Cage in this? My problem wasn't with Brian Cage itself. My problem was with the way that this match was produced and performed. It was it was such a slaughter. Just it, it was so one sided. No, that's what made it good because Brian Cage needed not only because number one, um, Tiger Ma or Ninja Mac was voted on by the fans to be brought in for this match. He was, but yeah. Brian Cage. Despite how good he was, he needed that heel heat. This was the perfect place for something like this. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that too, but I think it's kind of... No, this is you're making Pro Wrestling Majestic again. Okay. This is the opportunity here's, to talk about this. Here's my theory. Break it down. Here's my theory about this. Okay, Brian Cage, very unhappy with his direction in AEW, right? He gets signed on for an extra year-long contract. He's still not happy with his fucking contract. How do you know that? He's he's in a place that I think he'll shine more than he would with the embellished roster with AEW. But I'll be that's honest. the point. The point is they did this because they... No, I, I think this was a positive. For him, I don't know. He's <laughs> Here's my thing. Brian... There's a formula with AEW, and I just am not a fan. Of here's it. here is my There's thing. A formula with here's the okay. I, I'm I'm going to present this to you like I would with somebody else on this sort of scene. Brian Cage is an awesome wrestler. He's a nice guy. We got to talk to him, and he's enormous. And no he's one a, cares. No, okay, wait, hold on. Get to no. the point. My thing is, is that with a guy who was out for as long as he was. He cannot be put into a position, into a large stage immediately. And also, with Ring of Honor that needs star power, I think Brian Cage, who can develop that crowd heat with the crowd size of Ring of Honor with the other two guys as a part of this totally Blanchard thing, I think is a benefit to not only their career's longe longevity, not progression. I'm talking about longevity, but also the legitimacy of Ring of Honor as a collective. Ring, Ring of Honor is, is nothing anymore. It's, it's an AEW like side project. That's not point. what it should be at this point. Well, it is. That's what I I, I, I I know what it's going to be turned into, but it shouldn't be. But at the same time, it gives guys who are not going to be on AEW television who should be at least an opportunity to go somewhere else. Well, you know, AEW has two television shows a week and they have two web TV shows a week and you still can't manage finding time for Brian Cage? Come on. I know it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <sighs> I'm I'm gonna be talking about that when we make this um, when I talk about rational lesson because there was actually a lot to dissect in the most part as a part of that. But I understand why they did it. I I'm I'm curious on what they're gonna be doing with it. Who knows? Maybe he'll be there for longer. Maybe I, I can tell you what's gonna happen. It's gonna be irrelevant in like three weeks. Cause... Do you think? Do you think maybe WWE will pick up Brian Cage at the end of the one-year contract extension? Oh, absolutely, they will. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that too. Okay, I I think I think that would actually be the best at this point for Brian Cage. To yeah. be honest with you, because he's still he's still lackluster. I mean, not not he's, he's not lackluster in his ability. Not, not not as a character, but like where he is booked is. He deserves so much more. I agree with you. 
Um, this as a showcase was great, but at the same time, this should have been later, later in the card. Later in when the card, people were exhausted after after an FTR run. match, after a Minoru Suzuki card. This should have been the sleeper match. Yeah. Despite it being as good as it was, because you know that they were going to do good no matter what. Right. But it still would have kept the interest of the show and yeah. not hurt yeah. a division. It, yeah. And 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 the pure division is very volatile. Yeah. And you cannot have at, as a sleeper. Yeah. You can't. Because but, you know, again, who's in power now? Oh, that's right. so. Here's my thing overall. I think a lot of what happened with the Ring of Honor. Okay, let's talk about Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor as a collective. I liked it, but there were some things that are sort of there, and I think it could hurt the um, production more. This this reeked of AEW developmental. It it was so. I can see that it reeked of it. It reeked. It, I I actually have to agree with Peanut Gallery here. I think it reeked of NXT. With less colors. Yeah. That's, and that's I, what it felt like to me. And I'll be honest with you, AEW had better matches. I think overall. Yeah. Ring of Honor is a secondary brand to Tony Khan's pride and joy, which is AEW. Right. And that's and, not what it should be. And it reeked of that. And you can see the pattern of winners for these matches. It reeked of people who were signed with AEW winning Match after match after match after match. Name me one person who is either not in the AEW system or is about to become a part of the AEW system who did not win their match. I have to agree with Peanut Gallery. It was very much like that. They were good matches, and I think there was a lot of great... The matches were great, but also there I've, was already, a... I've, already, I've already solved the formula. The formula has already been solved. It's, I know exactly it's so what easy. it's going to be. It's so Easy to see, and you I'll be me, honest. You give me another pay per view card tomorrow, and I will tell you every single winner of that match because all I have to know is who signed to AEW. And I'll be honest with you, um, I think this is kind of where NJPW will maybe start to make a comeback yeah. because they're a little more unpredictable. Yeah. Hell, I'll even say WWE makes the right calls at the end of the day. And we're going to talk about that too. Yeah, we will talk about that. So when we come back, Peter Gallery. It's up to you. What are we talking about? Well, I think the war has officially started. You talk about the Wednesday Night Wars? Oh, that was just the warm-up. The real war has begun. Exactly. All right, we are back. Peanut Gallery, we're doing Heckling from the Hard Camera. Take it away. All right, well, let's talk a little bit more about this. I want you to be involved in this conversation a little bit, too, because... I think it's important for us to talk about the fact that I, I think that the the new war has officially begun. And I'm not talking about like NXT versus AEW on Wednesday nights because, again, like I said, that was just the warm-up in the previous segment. I think right now the war has actually begun. And there are a couple of, there are a couple of, of indicators that tell me that the actual war has begun. And that coincides with certain properties being bought out, like what happened with Tony Khan, with Ring of Honor, with the... And, and, and I'm going to talk about like the very real war that is now happening be, 
between WWE and I'm not going to call it AEW because at this point it's not even about AEW. It's just about Tony Khan and company. Or, or yeah, Tony Khan and company. Tony Khan and his empire. Yeah, his he's, empire. he's made an empire of wrestling. It's not just about AEW at this point. Yeah, it's not. It's AEW, it's Ring of Honor, and I think that he'll probably make a bid for Impact Wrestling at some point in time. I wouldn't be surprised if he made a bid for Impact Wrestling. <laughs> um, but he, he's building for himself a little fiefdom, um, which heavily favors people on his roster, which we've talked about during Ring of Honor's... Uh, during Ring of Honor's... Um, Supercard of Honor Super show. Card of Honor show. And I think that it's, it's only going to get worse. And, and there are a couple of... Like I said, there are a couple of indicators. I think one of the most... Uh, one of the most looked over indicators is the fact that now the owners of these companies, whether it be Tony Khan or Vince McMahon, they're starting to get a little more involved in storylines. And let's talk about Mr. McMahon's involvement in storylines with his WrestleMania match, or if you want to call it a match, but I think that this is a reaction to what is really happening behind the scenes. And the war that is happening right now is not about Nielsen ratings. It's not about a direct head-to-head competition because the 90s are a different era in, in professional wrestling. Hell, even early 2000s are a different era. People's like, oh, I actually had an argument with this. I'm like, do you not realize that 2000 was 20-plus years ago? People don't realize how much time has progressed. Has right. Like, it's crazy to think, like— ECW's last year was 2001. That was tw- like 11 years ago. No, that no was, it was 21 years ago. That was 22 ago. years ago. We're in 2022 now. It's insane to think yeah. of. Like, people are like, oh, I, I think a lot of people's minds are still stuck within the early 2000s. They don't want to right. accept that. Like, I mean, Pina Gallery and I are almost in our fucking 30s. Yeah. Um, but... So, so the war that's happening right now is not about head-to-head. It's not about the Nielsen ratings. It's not about that anymore. And, and I get it. A lot of the dirt sheets, you know, your Dave Meltzer's, your Wade Keller's of the world, they're going to look at those numbers, right? Yep. But it's not about those numbers anymore. Nope. It's about the overall media, uh, you know, whether it's social media, TikTok, YouTube, uh, it's about media Twitter, attention. Facebook, right. It's all about the media attention now. So wrestling companies are adapting towards those, towards all forms of media. Right. And WWE has crushed it. They they are. They're, they're getting more views, even though their ratings technically have gone down. And we're going to talk about that as a separate issue. Yep. Because... That would actually be a great topic for next week. Because the network execs are pulling a lot of strings. They're pulling more strings now. They're they're pulling more weight now than they did in the in the Attitude Era. The, yep. the Attitude Era, like, here you go. Here's some TV time. Go hog wild. Now, the networks have a lot of say with, with these contracts. Right. But the problem is but, that WWE is showing record profits... Where it's like, well, what do you want? Do you, do, you, do you want the profitable company or do you want the good wrestling show? But again, I think this is a great topic for next week because yep. I think that the media companies are looking at things a little bit differently than what's actually happening on the ground. WWE is not a wrestling company. I'm going to look at They're a media conglomerate. Again, All right. 
I, Tiger, I'm going to look at what's happening on the ground with, with WWE. Oh, that's what's happening so the you have the the owners of these companies are starting to be a little more involved than they, they have been during the, quote, Wednesday Night Wars. Because, you know, Tony Khan was hardly ever on TV or anything like that. But now it's all of a sudden just everywhere. Right. I mean, hell, he was on TV like four or five times in the last week. He wants to get the eyes on him. He was at a UFC event on Saturday, you know? <laughs> now, obviously, what we're talking about was way before, so hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. I didn't even know Tony Khan was at the UFC event last Saturday. Or I guess it was yesterday, technically. It was technically yesterday because, because it was, it was Jacksonville. But but the the point is is that oh, I he was here in Vegas. So was the the point is is that a lot of these a lot the owners of the companies are going to be more involved. And that's the first big indicator. Right. So moving on to the second big indicator of what's happening is we got to talk about this because Tony Khan. I mean, I made a joke about this on my TikTok, and a lot of people were upset about it. It's like this is a bunch of crap. Tony Khan, bless his heart, he should not be on social media. Period. <laughs> well. It's all part of the game for him, though. I, I, I think I think he did this as part of the game. I think I think being for I I think at the end of the day he is actually being kind of strategic because now people are talking about it. Yep. Keep in mind of how many people are talking about this. It's like look what happened with Big Swole. Yeah. It's like oh you know she wasn't good. I mean I I actually agreed with Tony Khan at that point. Yeah, she wasn't very good. She wasn't good. So that's why it wasn't it was about representation. It's like that's stupid. Because obviously there's a lot of people within the AW community. They're very much on are you pulling ratings? Pull ratings, you're on TV. Look at the acclaim. They're on every show. You know why? Because people talk about Max Castro and his raps. Like, right. come on. But they're not talking about it. You know, it's not An independent study. Where are your numbers for this right. independent but, study? But, but again, it's not about the it's not about the TV numbers. It's about the social media numbers. That's where it matters almost more than TV. Because my fucking god, when was the last time we watched a cable show? Right. Hey, um, hey, Tony Khan. Just an FYI, because I know you watch our show. By the way, that's why you have me blocked on Twitter now. But in an independent study, Pina Gallery and I have definitely figured out your con, and we can figure it out. Pun intended. We can figure out your shit 10 steps ahead of you. And this is not in any signal boosting rating, but this is an independent study. So it's let's. It's not very independent. It's almost as independent as Dave Meltzer is. Let's, let's be real here. I was, I was making a joke. I know. Then it's almost as independent as Dave Meltzer is. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but we, we're, we're not biased here. I don't care how much somebody oh, no. pays us, but we try to be as transparent with everything that we do as possible. Yeah. And I think most of our fans know this. Yeah. But the problem is, is that we're right. Right. 90% the, the of the time. Of the day, we're right. Right. We can be on the right side of it. But the, the point is, is that a lot of what's going on right now is, is very purposeful because they are starting this. Like, the, the war has actually started. Right. Like, there are really big things happening. There are really big things moving, and that's another thing I want to talk about. Moving on to the next slide. Also, Tony Khan, we're real people. So, let's talk a little bit about the dirt sheets. Like, is he paying the dirt sheets or not? I think so. I think he's 100% paying them off. I think that some of the matches that they've given five stars to, now, credit, there are some matches within yeah. AW 
that have been absolutely memorable. And there are pay-per-views within AEW that I am legitimately more excited about than any other pay-per-view that I have seen with WWE in the last 10 years other than WrestleMania. But that's because of WrestleMania, and I love WrestleMania. But I think there's something to this to where it's it's a little bit sketch, and I think a lot of people are starting to catch it on is. to it's that. Like, I get it. Tony Khan's the new guy in the block, right? And granted, all the pay-per-views have been exciting, but we've been talking about this over the past couple of weeks, so now where there's a formula for AEW shows. Yep. In that, one of the biggest problems is that you can only hire so many people. You and only... now, now they're starting to release people yes. like Leo Rush, Joey Janela. They're starting to wean out people who aren't making them money. I'm sorry, Leo Rush isn't pulling people, and Joey Janela never has. And I was sitting there wondering why they did that. I was like, oh, what about Donhausen? Yeah, but the problem is Donhausen actually pulls people to watch the show. But Donhausen has a shelf life, but that's another story. Yes, he has a shelf life, but it hasn't, it, hasn't, it hasn't run out yet. Yeah, that's another story for another day. It hasn't run out yet. But again, another story for another day. Right. But what I'm going to talk about is the fact that all of this, and I think there's a feedback loop with this. There's praise given by, quote, reputable news sources. And then the fans are like, ooh, reputable news source say he's the best. So I'm going to watch more of this shit. And, it's, and then they're disappointed. I'm sorry. I, I, there's, I that, there's that feedback loop. I, 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 I look at the social media, and we get attacks from a lot of these diehards. And I'll be honest with you. I feel like they want it to be as good as WWE. But in reality... They're kind yeah, of not. You remember when Tony Khan was going to pull a pay-per-view quality show last week, but it didn't really happen? Exactly. Like it, it drew like really low numbers. I watch both shows. I watch it every week. Right. And it's like only other than one match, which was the FTR match, the rest of the show was entirely forgettable. Yeah. 100% forgettable. And you can say whatever you want, but next week you're not going to remember a damn thing other right. than the Young Bucks and FTR match. Because that was the only match that was memorable. Right. Have more of that, and you're going to win. Right. WWE has WrestleMania. I don't care how bad it is. It's WrestleMania. You're going to remember the. You're going to remember Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're going to remember Vince McMahon. You're going to remember Cody fucking Rhodes, and that brings me to another point. Why is Cody Rhodes there? Great Cody timing. Rhodes. He went back to he WWE. The WWE. He was an executive vice president, uh, and he went WWE. back to he there. Went back to WWE. <laughs> now we obviously don't know the entire extent of why he went back to WWE. We don't know. At the end of the day, there was only a couple. There was only a handful of people who will truly know why. Right. And we will never know the extent of that. But at the end of the day. Cody Rhodes, as an executive vice president, and who made it a clear indication that WWE is not it, showed up at WrestleMania in yeah. the Raw proceeding. Yeah. So there's so, an obvious thing there. And guess what? Cody Rhodes may have been the first wrestler to jump from AEW to WWE. He ain't going to be the last. He is not going to be the last. Of somebody who made his entire thing of hating everything WWE. He did entrances that were legitimately a shot at WWE, I can see Chris Jericho, Christian Cage, Kenny Omega. MJF. MJF. MJF has even stated 
Let's see what happens. Yeah. WWE wants MJF. I wouldn't be surprised. And again, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a future episode where the networks are getting involved in that. Oh, and watch and, and watch us be right because we're not fucking right. Stupid. But but the point is, is now there's going to be an exchange. There's going to be a real exchange of talents going on. Mm-hmm. AEW is no longer going to just poach talent from WWE. Now WWE is going to be fighting back. Yep. That is another very clear indication that the war has really begun. Because you can say, oh, the Wednesday Night Wars, but there wasn't this level of that was that was that was a battle to the war that's going to be proceeding yeah. over the next. I wouldn't say a couple of months. I would say a year. Oh, years. It's going to be many years of battle back and forth between these two. Companies. Right, because you know why? Because AEW has money backing them. And so does WWE. Right. They, they, there is money backing both of them. There are billions of dollars yeah. that are backing both of them. It's, you you wanted a war. This is the war. And the thing is, is that AEW is independently solvent. They can they they support themselves without outside backers. And now and, and now again, this is why it's different than the WCW days. But the premise is the same. Also, just just the entire everything right now, given a lot of other outside things like political power, influence, what's going to be happening within current. Stratas is much different now than it even was back then. Right. It's a lot more prevalent. Yeah. So we really don't know up until, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I hate saying this, but the presidential election in 2024 is really going to kind of determine a lot of this stuff because WWE and AEW are so powerful in that aspect. I don't want to go that far. That's way far outside of what I'm talking about now. Maybe prelims? Because I think there was a lot of political... I don't know. There's a lot of political influence and political decisions. I'm not talking like actual politics. I'm talking like insider politics. Oh, okay. I'm talking talking about overscaping politics. Yeah, that has nothing to do with what's going on right now. Yeah, I think there's a lot more than you want to admit. No, wrestling is not going to influence presidential elections. Oh, it's not going to influence presidential elections. It never did. But the presidential elections is going to influence wrestling. Especially, especially at this level. What do you mean? I, again, another conversation. It'll be another, another con- maybe the, once again another another great another great topic I'm, for another day. Again, I'm just talking about the fact that the real war has started. Right. No, in inside influences without the outside politics within it. Cody Rhodes showing up at WrestleMania is the first big shot. Now that's like, that is like the outsiders going to WCW level of, of like... No, Hulk, Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan going to WCW. Well, I'm talking like early days because we're very early. In Hulk, Hogan, Hulk Hogan went in there before. Oh, he did? I was aware of that. Oh, no. Hulk Hogan was already WCW champion a couple of times before the outsiders or, were even or there. Or even like... Like Lex Luger or something. Like, like, oh no, Hulk Hogan was oh, already champion before that. Oh really? Okay. Oh wait, no, Hulk, I'm, just, I'm just talking like very early. Hulk on. Hulk Hogan signed his contract on the debut of WCW Nitro. I mean, like I said, I was talking like way early. But yeah, no, that's that's way early now. Way early WCW. Mm. But I'm not, not Jim Crockett promotions. There's a big difference between right. those. But I'm talking like shots have been fired. Oh, this this is this is shots have been fired. Yeah. This is this is a big moment of 
what's going to be happening next. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, WWE can sign your Keith Lees, sign your whatevers, sign your Drew McIntyres. <laughs> sign your Keith Lees. Well, sign, let me sign, talk a little bit more about that whole debacle. Sign your Roman Reigns and let's talk. <laughs> right. This is signing your Roman Reigns right here. He's an executive vice president. This is signing your Roman Reigns. And he wasn't like okay. He wasn't he wasn't big on screen, but off screen. Yeah. But you let's know. Sign, let's sign your Chris Jericho's and see what happens. You sign your Mrs. and let's see what happens. Exactly. Because <laughs> the Miz might not be the biggest star. But I, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that you wanted a war. This is what war is about. You're gonna get both sides of the conversation involved. You're gonna get heavy. You're gonna heavy hitters leaving one, leaving the other. Now because now we're starting to see we're see, we're seeing cracks within the AEW wall. Yeah. Now, so AEW is AEW is still a great wrestling product. I'm not gonna discount how great its wrestling product is, but the honeymoon is over. Yep. I agree with you. Now, the bloodbath. Begins this is a show. This is where you nut up or shut up, sort of thing. And if you can't produce a product that's going to be ratings winners day after day after day, you're going to see your MJFs leave. You're going to see your Darby Allens leave. You're going to see a lot of these people say bye. Right. Um, and the other thing I want to mention too it is not about the TV ratings at this point. The TV ratings are nothing. At this point, you got to look at engagement it's, over the entire spectrum yep. of content. It's, it's profitability, and profitability does not necessarily mean advertising revenue. Right. Because now, advertising revenue is a big portion that you don't have to worry about, but at the same time, we see a lot of wrestling companies who still make a profit and are very good that don't really have a right. big TV product. And I will, I personally will be talking about that here in a hot-ass minute. Right. But at the same time, these are these are heavy hitters. Yeah. And AEW, despite my feelings of them now and their wrestling fans, trust me, as a political figure who actually criticizes AEW, we get it. But we understand that this is a big opportunity for WWE. We don't want these guys to shut down. We want them to be better. But this is an actual competition now. Right. This is actual competition that we don't want to see gone. But I'm sorry. When something is bad, we are, we're going to say that it's bad. Okay. And the last point I want to make, too, is don't just look at what the wrestling companies are doing. Look at what the networks are doing. This is this look is a, at what the management teams right. inside of the WWE are doing. Pro, not just the actual product unlike, on right, screen. Un, unlike pro wrestling in the nineties, these are businesses. Yes. And you have to look at everything from team morale to the moves that each other company is making. And the moves really... that the networks request. Because right. the networks are requesting certain things to happen. Exactly. And you better bet your bottom dollar that these one, wrestling one... companies are going to listen to what the networks are telling them to do. And also, one company has more mm, and more political power to make that happen. We're not going to talk about the, poli the political stuff. We're I know, I know, but, 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 one, but, but, but one has both to really make those moves happen. 
and that's not AEW at the end of the day. Well, I don't disagree with you on politics because politics has nothing to do. It might be that, that might be a fun debate for next week. So uh, when we come back, I will be talking about some wrestling lesson. And what we're going to be talking about are promotion revival shows. And we have a couple of different things to talk about there. So we'll talk about that when we come back. All right, so we're back. And we're talking about some wrestling lesson. And actually, there's a lot more within this that I even, when I did research on it, uh, I raised a couple of eyebrows. And let's talk about MLW because MLW is a weird one. Because not only did they come back as a full-blown promotion, but that was not their original intention. So, MLW ended their original shows in 2004. They were one of the companies that tried to capitalize on the WCW and ECW buyouts where a lot of those wrestlers left to kind of combat yeah, that sort just of... just like everyone else did. Was, right. We talked about it a little bit earlier with the, the initial wave. Right. But now here's, here's the difference with MLW because MLW came back originally... Not as a full-fledged wrestling promotion, but as a podcast network. Actually, they started doing this in 2000, or 2017. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same thing what Conrad Thompson and Ad Free Shows is doing now. They actually did something very similar where they had a website where they hosted a bunch of different wrestling podcasts. And they promoted them per week. So some of these shows were Kevin Sullivan's show, Jim Duggan had a show, MVP had a show, current executive of WWE, Bruce Pritchard, AEW commentator Tony Schiavone had a show on there, and Eric Bischoff had a show on there. So it actually had a couple of heavy hitters. Now, in 2017, a, a little bit after that, a little bit after when they started this, they were talking about running some one-off shows, starting with MLW's One Shot. Now, One Shot, I am not kidding you, was supposed to be a one-off independent supercard like All In. It was literally the same principle. They had 200 fans in the building, and they had a nine-match card main evented by Shane Strickland taking on Ricochet. Oh, shit, that would have been sweet. But other matches included MVP versus Sammy Callahan, Maxwell Jacob Friedman versus Jimmy Yuta. It's not Wheeler Yuta, by the way. And Tommy Lawler, Jeff Cobb, and many more. The success of One Shot actually sort of predicated to where they wanted to do a weekly television show. So that's this is where that started in 2017. And now today... MLW is a show that Peanut Gallery and Ari are seriously considering adding to the lineup because they're doing so much. There's a lot of... They're not doing super cards. Well, right. They're doing super cards, but they're, they're filming it as like regular shows. So. Right. It's, it's kind of weird, and it's really hard to distinguish the difference between them. Because like, well, is it the super card? Is it the same... Because they have a sort of mix where Ring of Honor would have like a definitive supercard, pay-per-view, etc. And then a TV taping. Right. Same venue, different times. Great. 
but here it's a little bit different. And MLW once again is a great company with they have they have a decent budget behind them, and they're still making some big waves. Once again, creativity, great thing, and they actually own a lot of um, uh, Lucha Underground, which I'm hoping they do something with soon. They are Azteca Underground. Yeah, Azteca Underground, but it's not like an independent show. Well, of course not. You didn't think they were going to do that. Oh, did I did I mix up my timing here? Oh, yes, I did. Okay, so let's talk about so number four. Sorry, my bad. All right, let's talk about oh, uh, Wow Women's of Wrestling. Nick. Once again, we have a powerhouse with the current LA Lakers owner Jenny Brett. I think her name was. And also her um, her involvement with Viacom, the original owner. They had a big supercar show, but the problem with their revival show back in 20, 2019 was that there was a distinction like MLW where you didn't know what the supercard was compared to what that was. But... This was a brand that died, and it was revived, and it's making waves within the scope of professional wrestling. This is where Tessa Blanchard is. This is where she has been. AJ Lee is the executive producer of this show, and constantly, we, we, get, we get comments all the time wanting to talk about women of wrestling. Actually, women's wrestling is our most requested add-on show of any other promotion above MLW is women wrestling. So it might be something to talk about. And I'll be honest with you, I would actually want to include a all women's event because it would be something very much different. Subscribe to our Patreon. Yes. We'll <laughs> That's watch, how you get it. <laughs> we'll watch that shit live and it'll be awesome. Now, I impact is weird. I want to talk about this. Impact never died. It never died, but... It got close. It got close, but also the regime change. And I think because it didn't have to die to not be the same. We had TNA, where they went from the... So they had four distinct, like... Eras. eras of the show. So we had our Spike TV era. Back. Well, no, before that, we even... No, even... no, that's... Well, no, the, the Spike TV era was the first era of syndicated television because... Oh, yeah, before that, we were talking about the pay-per-views. Pay-per-views were a different era on those, its own. Yeah, those were weekly pay-per-views. That was a much different era than weekly television. And that's what I want to talk about. WoW has weekly television on Viacom. And everybody else has weekly television, where Impact Wrestling did not at the time. And there wasn't really like a big supercard event with TNA. It was just another show, where the right. where the Spike where the Spike TV one was much different because that was you know around what two thousand. It was October first, two thousand five, and that was debut. And that was right after their first pay per view event. Yep, that was their first. Um, paper the monthly our, monthly pay per view. Yeah, event. that was like Victory Road 2005, which I think was like November. Yep. 05 or something like that. And then like they that. or then was that it was Victory Road? Yeah, it was Victory Road. And then they did their first TNA Impact show on Spike TV, and their first big debut was Team 3D, which is now synonymous with Impact Wrestling. 
or TNA at that time. I mean, I'm sorry. When I think Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley, at least for my generation, I think them and TNA. I also, well, they're the Dudley boys in WWE right. and ECW, but Team 3D and Impact. They, they were much bigger stars then. So let's talk about a few years later. In 2008, they had their first live show in Las Vegas at the, um, they were at, oh God, what was it? The Red Rock um, Hotel. Oh, really? Yeah, and their live show where Booker T introduced the TNA Legends champion and they had a bunch of different things on there. This was the Monday show, right? Yes. This is when they went HD. This was not the Hogan-Bischoff era. That's what we're going to talk about here in a minute. The Hogan-Eric-Bischoff era in 2010 started. And that was kind of when they did the four-sided ring. They went back to Thursdays. Well, they, they kind of did a couple of different things. But then let's talk about the current era, which started in 2017, which is the Anthem era. Because no matter who was Fuck booking... Fuck the owl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> because, no matter, because right now, isn't Impact still owned by the owl? Yeah, yeah they're still owned by the owl. They're still owned by the owl. <laughs> they, they, had, they had a couple of different... Yeah, inter- I remember those days. I remember the days of Fuck the Owl. Right. They had a couple of different iterations of this era, and they finally started to click to where people are like, okay, that's fine. They've reinvented themselves so many times. Oh, they absolutely have. But at the same time, those are four distinct shows. We had, you know... TNA. We had, we had TNA on Spike. We had TNA HD. We had the Hogan-Bischoff era, and then we had the Anthem era. Right. Those are the four for Impact, where a... Where a company that started you, in you what missed, 2002 yeah you missed a couple of well what even those are those are those are sub eras right. I'm, I'm talking about big era changes yeah and that's Cause, what cause i wanted to I, focus I would, on i would argue even within anthem there are like three different right. iterations that that's that's like right that's a whole other conversation <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it came by three different colors of their fucking right. The, the whole the whole thing of Impact Wrestling can be literally its entire show. We can make a series out of that. Right, shit. we can we can literally because this is a company that will not die. And, and it, from, I'm glad. Okay, moving on. Right, absolutely. I'm I'm glad then. Now let's talk about finally WWE because WWE has a distinction of having two different versions of what we're talking about. And let's talk about Saturday night's main event. The original show aired May 10th, 1985, with four, four matches on the card. We had the U.S. Express and Ricky Steamboat taking on Nikolai Volkov, the Iron Sheik, and George Steele. Hulk Hogan defended the WWF champion against Bob Orton. Wendy Richter defended the women's champion against the fabulous Moolah. And the main event, I'm not kidding you, this was the main event. Junkyard Dog taking on Pete Doherty. Cute. That was the first Saturday night's main event. A show, when you say Saturday night's main event, you think wrestling. That's wrestling. And they did that for a very long time up until 1992. Because the first era ended on that show, and it made a comeback in 2006. You really? Remember? Was it that long ago? Yeah. Damn. It was 2006. Was the second era of the Saturday Night's main event. That one had five matches on the card. We had Big Show be defeating Carlito. We had John Cena and Triple H defeating Kurt Angle. 
Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton because that was around WrestleMania 20... 22. 22? No. Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton. That was... No, Ray, no, it was uh, Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton. That was, that was WrestleMania 22. Uh-huh. And it was... Um, yeah. Because John Cena and Triple H because JBL had another thing. Right. So we had um, Steve Austin over JBL in the beer drinking contest. You remember JBL pouring the beer... Yeah. His shirt instead of drinking the beer, so cold turning his head around. Oh, you gotta love it. But that was the that was the reincarnation of Saturday Night's main event. I preferred Superstars at the time. Right at, at the time. That's how I discovered Adelita Sway. By the way, who Adelita Sway? The band was through Superstars because the, the original theme song. Oh, like, really? Yeah, that was an Adelita. Oh, Sway that's song. right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> talk about a little bit of nostalgia there. That's a juxtaposition. Um, Mickey James and our truth, or no? I'm sorry. Um, Mickey James and Trish Stratus. I don't know why it went. Um, Trush. My my spell check is amazing. Wow. Um, defeated Kansas Michelle and Victoria, and the show's main event was Shawn Michaels went over Shane McMahon in a street fight. Cool. So, no, Shane McMahon defeated Shawn Michaels in the street. Ah, Excuse me. He will. But at the same time, that was cool. And that ended. So, the first show was in like early, early uh, 2008. It ended on July 28th, 2008. And actually, in a couple of days, in six days, Saturday night's main event is going to be making a comeback for house shows starting April 16th. Of this year. Cool. So um, there's a bunch of those shows that are going to be happening. There are going to be house shows that are going to be happening on Saturday, just like the OGs. And I think there's actually talks about those being streamed on Peacock as well. And I guess that was actually a request from Peacock to bring back that nostalgia-esque sort of thing. Right, because people want to watch it. Right. I don't think that's a bad idea, to be honest with you. If, if they're already doing a house show on Saturdays, might as well make it something interesting, right? You don't have to be entrances for that. Anyways, right. is let's that talk- all you got? Nope. nope. Let's talk about one more. Let's talk uh, about... <laughs> we have to talk about this, don't we? Well, because here's the thing. All right, so ECW, like, back in 2006, when Paul Heyman was running things, was fine. Then they all the shit after... Right. So, so after... after after December that I wish I would forget. Right. So um, WWE bought ECW, and it was dormant up until 2006, where that was when they made the announcement of bringing it back. But the problem was is that that was not the revival show of the ECW. It took them another month and a half to bring that back. Yeah, because they didn't debut that until, like, September. Yep. You know? Yeah. So, in the 2006 edition of ECW One Night Stand, they had seven matches on the card, obviously with Rob Van Dam winning the WWE Champion. The night after, they brought back the ECW Champion and gave it to Rob. But then, we had our first ECW show, which obviously was absolute garbage. And where Sabu won a 10-man battle royal to become the next number one contender. He faced the big show because Rob Van Dam got popped for steroids. We had the Sandman beating up a zombie. The all the fun stuff with that ECW. I will say Man, this sounds like WWE in 2021. (gasps) Right? It kind of does. But at the same time, 
even though that first show of ECW was kind of lame, I liked the show because it felt so different. It felt very grungy. It wasn't the WWE, let's put it that way. Right, it wasn't the WWE. You had the originals. It was on a much smaller platform. There was still something different overall of that ECW. And I think that's kind of where I wanted to end it because revival shows can take all different shapes and forms from an actual death and revival like ECW, like Glow, to a reinvention where they have a big show to kick off that reinvention like they did with Impact Wrestling going to Vegas and introducing a bunch of shit to, you know, the ECW One Night Stand where it was a physical property and then they brought it back officially after the success of the One Night Stand show. And I want to talk about this because we had Super Card of Honor. Where it goes from now, we don't know. But where it went from independent wrestling promotion to AEW light, dark, dark, dark. Right. <laughs> it, 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 it went to the it, it went to the light version of Bud Light. So pretty much now. No, it's the light version of White Claw because that's what Tony Khan likes to drink. How? <laughs> How? You really don't like Tony Khan, don't you? I didn't say I hated Tony Khan. I just. You know, you're he's, indifferent. He's not my friend. <laughs> he's not your friend. He's not your buddy. He's not a guy. Yeah, we're not friends on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> he's not my friend. <laughs> I kind of want him to be. So when we come back, let's talk about NXT stand uh, and deliver. Okay, we'll talk so about that. So we'll be back.
We are back, Peanut Gallery. We're talking about NXT Stand and Deliver. Hooray for matinee shows. Matinee shows? Yeah, show that takes place like in the early afternoon. Right. Yeah, so. we're, we weren't going to watch that. Also, WrestleMania was already like a 10-hour fiasco that we had to watch. I mean, I'm sweating just thinking about WrestleMania right now. <laughs> You're fine. But I think overall, Stand and Deliver was good. I, I, I liked a lot of it. Let's uh-huh. talk about our opening contest. We had a five-man ladder match. I loved this opener. I think this was a great pace starter for the show itself. And I don't think it exhausted people. It was was very weirdly paced. It was... You can tell that a lot of these guys are just not used to being on ladders. And it it really showed. I was not a fan. Like... Well, I'll talk about this when we make Pro Wrestling Majestic again, but I like this for a lot of reasons. Number one, so it was Carmelo Hayes, Solo Sokoa, Grayson Waller, Cameron Grimes, Santos Escobar. Yeah, that's it. And I thought this was a really fun match overall. I thought some of the people did a lot of crazy stuff that really – there were a lot of spots that I will say I remember that sort of spot, like Grayson Waller doing the elbow drop. It's like – not really. There's not really a lot of that. He's gonna. He's it's like that. that. That's gonna hurt him a lot later. Yeah. There. I, there's not a lot of things that I remember from this match because I just it would just wasn't that interesting for me. I I, th- I thought everybody did their part very well. I wish Santos won, but Cameron Grimes won. A good feel good moment though. I will uh, say one yeah, thing. It's fine. Um. But you know, for me who actually watches this show every week. It was definitely something that I really like because, you know, Cameron Grimes is awesome. Also, I love his entrance with the little rocket ship dropping down because he does it to the moon. That was great. Fucking, uh, fucking Elon Musk wannabe. Here. I love Jesus. it. I, I will say one thing. I'm going to give this one a solid thumbs up. I thought everything about it was good. Yeah. Also, well, the, the buildup was also really good. We'll talk about that when we make this majestic again. Let's talk about the match. Tony D'Angelo, Tommaso Ciampa. I thought this match was fine. And honestly, Tommaso Ciampa eating the pin like he did really showed Tony D'Angelo is a, like a star. He looked really good in this match. He's not a very good character. I do not like this. You don't, you don't like the whole it's, it's bop so, a boopy. It's so stereotypical. It really like, is. Just, just be you, man. There, no wait. Now here's the problem. There is a way to do this sort of stereotypical it's so Italian without being cheesy. Right. There is a way to do this without being cheesy. It has more cheese in it than chicken Alfredo. <laughs> Fuck. Might as, might as well come out eating a bowl of it. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Ooh, chicken Alfredo sounds good. They're right. so. It's so. It's it's bad. It's just but like, the thing is, Tony D'Angelo is actually a really good athlete. And the problem is, if, if it wasn't for this gimmick and this AJ, whatever his name is, it was bullshit. It was stupid. But um, it was it was a, it was a, a boot to the side of the head for the win. It's like, have him beat him with his finisher and right. put that over. Like, what the fuck is that? There was nothing. It was so it was so anticlimactic. Also, like, Tomacho, oh, also, also, Tommaso Champa, also Tommaso. Tommaso Ciampa is still on the NXT roster, so I have no idea what they're doing with him. Whatever. Oh, I don't like that. It's annoying. Let's. Oh. Do you want to talk about a mess? This mess. This whole match was a fucking mess. Hindsight is so 2020 for well, me. Well, well, no. Here's the thing. We talked about this. 
with when it comes to more than two, when it comes when it comes to more than just like one on one, whether it's teams, especially with an, match, especially with an MSK team. I there's love, so many spots in this fucking match. It should have been Imperium versus the Creeds. I don't know why the they, Creed brothers are the Creed brothers are greener than artificial grass. But there's something with them, and they don't. They they need a little more seasoning. That's all they need. They're right. And they're, they're, the they're most, literally they're literally right. And there. they're the most generic fucks in the history of this fucking industry. No, I think them being generic is a good thing. No, it's not. No. And then you got they got Andre Chase and his fucking university bros. I'm like, fuck, man. Were they in that match? No, they weren't. They were in the crowd. They were. They were? Yeah, they were. But, they're actually they're actually really over with the crowd. But there's like a bunch of little hun bros here, like <laughs> want to sell fucking Amway to me or something. Hindsight's twenty twenty with MSK winning. It was a hurricane run a power bomb. They're still such a great. Uh, this one soured on me because of what happened after. But I thought overall it was a good match. But hindsight was so twenty twenty for me that it was just really hard to see what happened. You know. Yeah. It, it, it it's, just, it's whatever. It sucks. And watching it now, you just know how hard it was. Yep. Like, you just imagine a little Nazi little right. thing on uh, Let's uh, talk about – now, okay, I will say one thing. This was a great match. Oh, my God. This Fatal was way, so – it was so spotty. Mandy Rose, Cora Jade, Kaylee – Kaylee Ray? Kaylee Ray. Yeah. And Io Shirai. Io Shirai, number one, is such a fantastic oh, you, wrestler. Did you like how in our fantasy league I put Kaylee Ray versus Kylie Ray just to fuck with you? Yeah, I know. I saw that. Fucking kill you later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was Kaylee Ray because I, I, I not only get it from you, I get it from our fans. <laughs> so annoying. No, the, the thing is, is that I like this. That was a piece of your chair. Yeah, you're ruining it. I know. So I, 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 I still like this match a lot. Let's put it this way. All right. So Io Shirai is too good. She's so awesome. She's um, she should have been like fucked off ages ago. Cora Jade needed a one-on-one, uh, not for yeah. the women's champion. Cora Jade is definitely something special. Don't get me wrong. But but, but she's not ready for this. No. This should have been a one-on-one. I think with Kaylee Ray. But, but I will say one thing. And Mandy, but Mandy, again, Mandy, Mandy actually has come into her own, and I will say one thing: she's really quickly becoming my most improved of the year by a mile. Well, here's the thing. Here's, here's 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 the problem though, because we obviously knew what happened during the pre-show where where um, Raquel, I guess her her new last name is Rodriguez versus and and uh, what's Dakota Kai and Dakota Kai won the. Yeah, Dakota Bay won the women's tag team champions. I really thought that the final member of Toxic Attraction would lose I know. the women's champion. But it's like, well, who's going to challenge her next? Right. It's like you have four of the top contenders yeah. going against her. Who are you going to choose from this point? Yeah. Because it was a um, boot. Io Shirai was the one who ate the pin, too. Yeah. And it was like... You know, I, I like... It was, it was a cluster flank. I did I not like, like this. Really? I like Mandy Rose winning, but at the same time, this was hindsight 2020. Why did you have the rest of Toxic Attraction losing the belts? Right. You should have had all of them lose the same night. Right. And you should have had Toxic Attraction get involved in the match. Right. Why weren't they involved? 
in some way, shape, or form to at least save somebody's reputation. It was a straight up Mandy Rose run. Yeah, it was a straight up pin. It's like Jesus Christ. I don't. Where's where's the heat? I do not necessarily agree with you that it was a bad match. Just the decision of that win and who was pinned was questionable. I I was not a fan. Anyways. Gunther and L.A. Knight. This was a really hard-hitting, fun match. Now, you see, here's the thing. This is where WWE gets it right because they separated out a title match and a non-title match and then a title match. This is the palate cleanser. This was perfect because it was something that did not – this was not, you know, your five-star match, but it was a, still a fun match, good hard-hitting. There was a rivalry going into it. It wasn't a very good rivalry going in. It wasn't a good rivalry, but it didn't have to be for a palate cleanser. Why did it have to be a great thing for a palate cleanser match? I don't know. I, it just didn't serve a purpose. It did serve a purpose. Both of them are off the... It just doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to talk about this when we make this shit majestic again. Because this is where WWE got it right this time. Where, um, where Ring of Honor did not. Okay. But it was Walter or Gunther. Walter. Gunther. Yes, it's Walter. They still keep calling him that. I don't yep. know why. This is, it was. It was Gunther. That's his, that's his free name. His slave name is Gunther. Right. Um. Obviously, Walter Gunther won with the power bomb. Walter I, Gunther. I, I I enjoy the match overall, and I'll talk about that when we make this shit majestic again. We have our main event: Dolph Ziggler, Braun Breaker. <sighs> I hated Braun Breaker's entrance. It was really weird. For the love of God, please stop with that shit. It was really weird. It was so fucking bad. But it took him like 20 minutes to cut a fucking X in half. Right. And he was like really playing into the crowd. It's like, okay, we get it. It's like, it's fine. Do it once. Boom. And Dolph Ziggler is not even a fucking NXT superstar. And he won. And then and then on Raw, he lost. Why? And they'd be like, oh, people are getting their eyes on the product. Here's the thing. Yeah, because they're desperate. You know why? Because nobody's connecting with these people. I'm going to talk about that too. Even though people should connect with Braun Breaker because that guy is fucking the next yeah, big thing. I'm going to talk about that because that has been a constant complaint from gonna, WWE higher-ups is that people don't, don't are not it. connecting with the product. Right. Um, Braun Breaker smashed his face onto the corner and then ate a super kick and got pinned clean. Pinned clean. Pinned clean. Clean. Yeah, it was a great match. Don't get me wrong. I it was loved a, it was it was a decent match. <laughs> yes, because, but, because Dolph Ziggler is great and Braun Breaker is great and they had a great they had, match. They had a good match. So, but <sighs> fuck man, these these people are not getting over, and I can tell you exactly why they're not getting over. So when we come back, I, I, do you have anything else to say? No. Well, I have a lot to say after we make this majestic again. What, what is your fun thing for oh, the whole care. show in general? Oh, I, I don't care. I have a thumbs up on it. Cool. Peanut gallery can eat a dick. Well. He gets two thumbs down for eating dicks. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that was an awkward. That was an. Canceled. That was an, <laughs> that was an awkward transition. <laughs> so when we come back, we're not only going to make. NXT and Santa deliver Majestic again, but we're going to make pro wrestling. Are you still Majestic on? Again. Yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. I thought you pressed the button no. to stop. <laughs> we're going to make pro wrestling Majestic again. Jesus. Peanut Gallery is over here destroying my chair. Well, so, 
So so what happened was one of the little things fell off, and then I put it back on, and then one fell off. <laughs> so I have no idea what's happening right That's now. Funny. So let's make this shipment again. Peanut Gallery. Um, these two are such spectacular wrestlers. Um, Breaker really sort of had this uh, moment where he, his timing on entrances is weird. I don't like the timing on entrances at all. Um, I do like now they're finally starting to acknowledge the fact that Braun Breaker's dad was Rick Steiner or yep. is Rick Steiner, which is fine. I mean, it should have been it should have been known from the very get go. Um, I don't like. I have never liked the Braun Breaker moniker for his nickname. But, but when he when he leaves and eventually goes to AEW, he can go as his actual name, Bronson Rick Steiner. Right. Or or Rex Steiner or whatever whatever right. whatever the fuck they want to do with it. Um, he is he is. There were moments in this match where you can definitely tell he was a little overzealous. So, but, but at the same time, that's with experience. You have something with this guy. So, so the point I want to make with this is that the only reason they brought Dolph Ziggler into this, um, into this whole spiel with NXT is because NXT is suffering from identity crisis, essentially, which we've talked about for the last like fucking year because they have been suffering from an identity crisis because they changed their whole setup and... And they're not getting the eyes that they used to because they're, they're you, putting, put a, you put a bunch of unknowns into the whole roster. No, here's the thing. You can change the color scheme and everything. You're putting lipstick on a pig. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's still a pig. Yeah. If you wanted to do something where you change the entire identity, have everybody go to a new roster called Level Up. Right. That would have been different. I think I think the perception would have been better if they did something like that. And with Breaker, he did the whole chains thing where he broke it from the black and gold from the original, which gave him a bad rap. He's not trying to cause controversy with the crowd. He's trying to do his best for his employer, right? And what he is told to do because that's who Breaker is. So the point is they brought they brought in Dolph Ziggler because Dolph Ziggler apparently can draw, which obviously he can't based on what we have seen. But it brings up a bigger issue because there isn't a lot of real star power in NXT as a brand. There just right. isn't. There is a very high lack of star power. Breaker, has, I, Breaker has the opportunity to be a star, but and, he's and not think, quite there yet. And I think that's the same reason why you have someone like Mandy Rose, who is the women's champion. Why you had MSK, who is known outside of the wrestling industry as tag team champions. They're still, they're, they're still not putting the, the titles on the people that need the titles. Like, you're, you're not putting... They're trying, like here and there, like with with Carmelo Hayes, the North American champion, like Braun Breaker and the NXT champion, like they're trying here and there to put on less established stars. But well, the problem is they they, they they don't have the balls. To they don't stick have with right. It. They don't have the balls to do it. That's why stick with them. Yeah, people. Here's the thing: Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, even Mandy Rose, they have the ability to do it, but you need to give them time. To gain the people's trust. Mandy Rose is not an NXT star. She she was a superstar on Raw for a long time. She she was in a she was in WrestleMania 36, and she's the same person on NXT. The point that I'm the, the point that I'm trying to make is that 
NXT is having a problem with wanting to stick with these new guys for the long run, which can clearly be seen with the fact that Braun Breaker is not producing numbers, with the fact that these these women superstars are not producing the numbers. Here's the thing. They're, they're not giving these people the opportunity to gain that. Right. There's, there's, there, the, these characters... This, this, is through, this is through no fault of no. the wrestlers. Braun Breaker, if, if given the right opportunity, he'll be the biggest thing in wrestling. I can guarantee He's, he's the most multidimensional star in this brand right now, yep. but he's not very multidimensional, and that's the problem. Mandy Rose is a very multidimensional character, but because we've seen so many iterations of her, we need to see more iterations of these characters that we've come to know. We know about MSK. We know what they are about because we've seen them as rascals on the independent circuit. So we know what they're capable of already. The problem is, is the vast majority of superstars that, that were born and raised in the NXT system are one-dimensional, and they are remaining one-dimensional. And that's why you have Dolph Ziggler, because Dolph Ziggler could actually draw some numbers, which obviously didn't work, so they put it back on Braun Breaker. And there's going to be some other guy that's going to come back from Raw or SmackDown and come take the title away. It's, it's, it's a cycle. I feel like Robert Roode is going to be the guy who's going to take the title off of Braun Breaker. I feel like that too, but that makes sense to me. Um, with the whole thing with Gunther, hindsight's twenty twenty. He went for the NXT champion that week. He went for the NXT champion on Tuesday, lost to Braun Breaker, and now he's on SmackDown because he debuted on SmackDown with only Marshall Barthel. Number one, why'd you break up Imperium? What's wrong with Fabian Eichner? I don't understand that. I don't understand it either, but we're not going to talk about that because... LA, LA Knight is exactly where he needs to be. He cannot LA, go... LA, LA Knight is going to the main roster, and they think they're going to make him a manager. Uh, why? He's so good. Well, he should go back He should go back to um, Impact Wrestling. Well, again, again, this is the WWE system. This is the WWE way. Um, Gunther, I think, pretty much... I mean, besides WXW, he's pretty much been known... Throughout his career as an NXT UK and NXT guy and as SmackDown guy. Right. Whatever. I mean, I have no interest in seeing Gunther anymore. He's not the he's not the guy that we knew in NXT UK. And I already know they're gonna ruin him on SmackDown. They've already ruined him. They should have had all of Imperium go up and had them have the same name. He would have been fine. And that's the thing. People even within SmackDown. It was Walter, the entire match. Yeah. Walter, you know why? Because it's not Gunther. Yeah. You can't just change the guy's name and expect this. That is killing this guy's career mm-hmm. is that change. Also, he's lost like 50 pounds and he looks, he, he does not look good. He looks emaciated. Now. He looks emaciated. Now, in like pictures, he looks good, but at the same time, like he doesn't look healthy on television. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if you saw him, but he does not yeah, look he healthy. He does not look good. Anyways, but this is what WWE does to people. And I'm sure that I'm sure that WWE said you got to lose 50 pounds. Gunther, Walter, I don't know what you call him, but my boy, leave. Hmm? Why did you go? Okay, let's move on to the next match. Roman Reigns is probably going to beat you, and then you're going to be put on the 24-7 champion round until you're released. All right, so I'm going to be honest with you here. Cora Jade actually has a little bit of dimensionality to her character. She does. She does. A little bit of dimensionality. That's what makes her good. Mandy Rose, obviously, we've talked about it. 
Um, Il Shirai, if you we've been around long enough, you know that she is dimensionality. Kaylee Ray, she, same she's, thing. She's showing that dimensionality, but at the same time, that's this, what made this match okay in my book was that there was dimensionality. No, with uh, here here's my problem with this. This whole thing came out of nowhere. Yeah, it was me. a cluster flank. It should have been a one on one match. This almost devalued to me the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Oh, absolutely. Because when was this ever a thing? Right. They said you go for the Tag Team Champions. Go for the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions because those are the titles that are the newest champions that you need to elevate. Right. And they did not do that. And then they put them on the pre-show. What was the point of having the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions and the WWE. That doesn't make sense. NXT is a part of WWE. Right. Oh, also, um, why why are Raquel? I mean, I guess it's Raquel Rodriguez now because Raquel Gonzalez is, is my my here's here here is why I think is what else does she have to prove? And then why is she teaming back up with uh, Dakota Kai when they had a blood feud like? Six months ago, and they they only teamed back up for like that week to yeah. win the tag team champion. There was a lot there. Why did they win the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions? Right, that didn't make any sense. What gave them the right. Also, if they if you really wanted them to both go to Smack, if you wanted one of them to go on SmackDown and team them back up, take both of them up because now it's like, what was the point? Mm-hmm. And you don't want to say that. Eh, I don't get it. You don't want to say that. Well, it's, I don't get it. I mean, it devalued the, everything about this. Devalued the NXT Women's Tag Team mm-hmm. Champions. It devalued Toxic Attraction as a whole. Yeah, but it also devalued Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota there's, Kai. There's, there's no more allure to Toxic Attraction anymore. I don't care. You can at me all you want, but there's no more allure to it because they've lost their title. Right. Well, no, they they, they lost it, but they gained it back. They did. They what? they they gained it back um, on NXT literally that week. Dakota or uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai only had the champions for like three days. What was the point? It, that's what I'm saying. What was the point of the Toxic Attraction team Bruh. to lose the titles? Yeah, that's why I was saying that because they've already won back the women's tag team champions. Yeah. I love Mandy Rose. I don't care what you say. Mandy Rose right now, as she is peak Mandy Rose right now. She's badass. She's better in the ring. She has. But that's that's fine. But at whose expense? At the entire women's division's expense. It's, it's it's not at the expense of anybody because they're not trying to work around her. She's actually putting in some work. But but and really looking good doing it. But but again, who can challenge her at this point? Nobody. And that's another problem with this fatal four way. You have the top three contenders yeah. trying so, to be her. But then, but then Io Shirai, who is a clear, logical next person to go for a one-on-one because Io Shirai is that damn good. She's the one who ate the pin. Yeah. You know who should have ate the pin if you wanted Mandy Rose to retain? Cora Jade. No, you don't want Cora Jade to eat the pin. No, I think Cora Jade should have ate the pin. 100%. Really? Yep. I'll tell you why. Because Cora Jade can be built back. Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray are far enough in their careers where every loss and win counts as a part of legitimacy. They could have done something where Io Shirai hit the finisher, her moonsault, or uh, Mandy Rose ran in, threw Io Shirai out, pinned Cora Jade. Okay, 
you ate an Yoshirai finisher. Yeah. And it was a sneaky pin. That's how you redeem this. But uh, yeah, well, every every everything else outside of the finish was great yeah. to me. It was fine. It was a spot fest, but what can you expect? It was a fatal four way. Yeah, what can you expect from a four way match? All exactly. Right. There was a lot to talk about in this. Uh, Hindsight is twenty twenty. All right, so we talked about how how MSK is the most multi dimensional, which makes sense. The problem with the Creed Brothers is that they're about as dimensional as a cardboard. But the problem they're is... They're not a cardboard box. They're just cardboard. I think... I th- there's, I, there's nothing interesting about them. I think, that's, I, th- I think that's just because they're not as experienced, which is fine. But there is nothing that interests me about the Creed Brothers. I don't want to see them on my screen anymore. I love... So, I, I, they're I, not interesting. I actually have... The Diamond Mine is so not interesting. I hate hated that I did like the diamond mine when it was the full fashion but then they started releasing people and they started losing every match and now started to hurt them them I being don't actually give a fuck no here, here's about the diamond mine right here's the thing them being a part of diamond mine is hurting the creed brothers the creed brothers are boring They're as not. it is nope. yes they are nope. oh my god have you seen I'm, I'm going to disagree the they're boring. I think they're very good. I love the Creed they Brothers. They are. No. I love the Creed Brothers. I'm not saying that they're not good. I'm saying that their character work is about as... That's experience. It's only experience. Then why do you put them on fucking national television? They're obviously not ready for it. Yeah, they should have been... NXT problems here. Then you wonder why, Nick Khan, why nobody watches this shit. Because there's nothing redeemable about these people. Right. Well, no, there's, there's something redeemable about them, but why are you putting them on screen so quickly within their career? They're and, greener than fucking AstroTurf, man. And that's the problem. Yes, that's an issue. Nikita Lyons could be really good if she did, like, dark matches, which NXT used to do. Yeah. And that's the thing. NXT used to run house shows. Huh? With introducing teams, introducing stuff, they don't do that anymore. They just do these shows. That's like the Creed Brothers. If they had that time to develop within a smaller crowd, without cameras, maybe, you know, a dark match, fine. Right. They have the ability and they have the talent. Imperium are an established tag team that know what they're doing. Right. MSK is the same way. They are, the way I guess they were, they were an established tag team that knew what they were doing. And we will talk about that maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about it when making Majestic again because, of course, we're talking about a week later and a lot of shit has happened. <laughs> I just can't believe how much has happened within a week. Great. Welcome to humanity. Ow. <laughs> I just clipped my chin to my mic. But we're talking about the Crees because it's like it sucks because they're so good as a, like an actual physical tag team, and but there's something oh, there. But oh my god, they 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 just need some more time to get that camera I, I, I and character. That's all they need. I don't want to talk. I don't want to see them on my screen. That that was painful to watch, and that's a problem. You don't want that. Yeah. Again. Let's talk about how boring Tony D'Angelo no, is. He's not he's not hold on, hang on, hold on. I'm gonna disagree with you on that. Tony D'Angelo is not boring. He's stereotypical. Stereotypical to where it hurts. Now, if this is him, 
IRL, that's fine. But there's no way a guy is this horribly stereotypical. No. The guy has charisma. He has talent. It's there. And it's blatant. But it's it's so bad. But it's... the problem is the gimmick is so stereotypical... That it, it that it just bastardizes have, the rest of his character. Right. Have now here's the thing. You can do this. You can do this gimmick with hints. Yeah. With hints. Like instead of oh boppity boopy beepity boppity boppity spaghetti lasagna, uh, whatever. You could have done like a little bit of it, and that would have been fine. Yeah. Instead of who's the dawn of NXT? Who the what? fuck? Well, here's here's my here's my answer. Who the fuck cares? You know who's the Don of NXT? The NXT champion is the Don of NXT. Also, also here's here's a really interesting thing. Who the fuck cares? Because there is no such thing as the Don of NXT. But I'm saying, if you want to label somebody... I'm the new Don. Oh, my God, I'm Italian. Right. And that's... Fuck, man. Stop. Who are you fucking generalissimo fucking... Right. That's... Of of somebody who's a novice, that should not be the reaction. It's so bad. If you did a little hint of that Italian heritage within it... Like, I don't want to see him on my screen anymore. That was so bad. That's bad to say, too, because... The problem is, is that I don't he care. is good. I don't care how much talent he has. I don't want to see him. He's He has to drop that shit, man. If he was an AEW, it would be a thousand times better. I can guarantee you that. No, it would still be. Nope. If, he, if he was a Don of, if he was a Don of AEW, he'd no, still it, Well, be number one, they, they would not book him as obviously stereotypical. Oh, God, no. That's the He'd difference. He'd actually have some control over his character. And, and I'm, he sure, would, I'm sure even he knows that this is bullshit. You, you, would, have, you would have had that hint of that Italian mafioso, yeah. but it wouldn't have hit you. It wouldn't have been doing this. It would right. have been like... It would have been like a little tap. It would be like, here's a little hint of this. Okay, he has that Italian suave. Right. And that's cool. Instead of Italian suave, mozzarella, lasagna, Mario Kart. I was was going to think that I actually actually had a premonition that you were going to say something about Mario. (laughs) (laughs) Like three seconds before you said Mario. And then Tommaso Ciampa, bless his heart, he's getting this guy over. They had a good match at the very least. But, but whatever. Jesus Christ. It's hard to say that because... Oh, and then and then the segment after, they had that AJ mozzarella stick go in there, and they were, like, doing this ring ceremony. The entire crowd was, shut the fuck up, clap, 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 clap. They ruined it. That's it. Oh, he's a new Don. They did, they did the Don stuff right as a context of the mafia, but once again... Why? <laughs> like, like who the fuck cares? Right, who the fuck cares? Who? The it's f- too, it's too over the top. You can get away with this in the early nineties. You can't get away with this in twenty twenty two unless we can guarantee that he actually is a descendant of a mafia member. And, and I'm gonna look it up, and maybe he is. But again, it needs to be more subtle. They they weren't this stereotypical mafioso no. back in the day. Have the the top hat like the appearance is fine, the theme song is whatever, but have like 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 I said the little instead of the like kind of like main event mafia sort of vibe, right? Like like not not like the new one, like the OG main event mafia vibe. 
you know, a little bit of suit action, yeah, some swabbiness. Exactly. That's how you win right yeah. there. Boom. I loved this match. And here's the thing. This did a great showcase for all of what's to come within this North American division. Because Cameron Grimes and Solo Okay, great, 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 great. Hold on. Let's let's talk a little bit about this. So um, okay. this this kind of rolls back into I guess my initial point about this NXT. So you gave the title to Carmel Hayes. He wasn't moving the needle, so you have to give it to someone who's multidimensional, someone who's more experienced, because guess what? <gasps> Carmelo Hayes has no dimension to him. He, he, was, he was just a sweetheart boy of Shawn Michaels. That's the only reason that he got the North American champion. Right. And it's like, you know why? Because Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes has, like, he has the dimension of a sheet of paper. And everybody saw that because he only did promos with that. It's like, you know, you can put as many people as you want with him. You can do whatever you want with him. And he has all the talent in the world. He's going to be something big. Right. But the problem is, that's the point. He's going to be something big. Yeah. He's not there yet. He's not ready for it. And then Solo Sikoa, he's kind of like the bastard child of Bloodline. Why are you not emphasizing the... You, okay, literally the hottest act in all of WWE right now, and you are not including him as kind of like the protege of that? Right, why is like, he... Like, you're not, like, getting an Uso people, in there and helping right, him or something people, like people, that? People know that he is the brother of the Usos. We know this. That's why he's Uso. It's like... Even within the promo that he did on NXT, hindsight, by the way, he said, titles are within my bloodline. Right. He literally said verbatim. Why is he known as Solo Sokoa instead of Solo Uso or, or something? So- yeah, something like that. He's the brother of the Usos. Yeah. Emphasize that. Emphasize the hottest act to somebody who's actually starting to get it. Right. You know, Cameron Grimes, you're right, multidimensional. He knows what to do on this stage. Carmelo Hayes is not there. Santos Escobar could have theoretically yeah, have been there. Because he's multidimensional. Right. And Grayson Waller, once again, he just needs some oh, more that seasoning. Oh, that, that was the other guy? Oh. He, needs, he needs some more seasoning. You have, you, have the, you have the talent right there. He has the charisma. Right. But, but he, like I said, the only reason that Carmelo Hayes got the North American champion was because he was the pet project of Shawn Michaels. Of Shawn Michaels. And it was clearly a failure. Yeah. Because, no, because, because everybody was bored of him. Yeah. I was bored of him, and I like Carmelo Hayes. I was bored of him. I didn't know, even know who he was, so... It's like you know that I knew I knew who Solo Sikoa was before I knew about Carmelo Hayes. Right. And that's because Carmelo that's because Solo Sikoa is related to the Usos. But at the same time, Carmelo Hayes, you can un- you can see the talent in the guy, but at the same time, he's not ready for this position. He, there's no dimension Let's to it. Let's try this again. He's not ready for this position. No. You know why NXT, the original black and gold, was as popular and as relevant as it was? Because they put the people who weren't as experienced, like everybody else basically here, with people who were experienced, right. who could carry it. Mm-hmm. Santos Escobar, God bless his soul, cannot carry a five-person ladder match. Right. Because he and Cameron Grimes have a different perspective. You cannot do something like right. this and expect people to take them seriously. Right. You just can't. Right. You, you're you getting a little too characterial with the characters. Right. 
You don't want that. Right. And this is the same issue with, with and again, this is the same issue that has been happening with um, with uh, AEW stars at Ring of Honor. Rep. It's, it's, it's all coming down to the same thing. The conclusion that we can draw from these events is that they're becoming extremely protective of their brands. Yep. That is how you know that a war is starting. Yep, and honestly, it's starting to hurt the people that are involved within this mm-hmm. brand because they're being very picky on who's going to be shown on television, yeah. who's shown here. It's like Keith Lee. He was the biggest signing. Where is he now? Yeah, they, they, they overblew this roster to the point where established AEW guys are going to be on television. The other guys are going to be off to the wayside. Unless you're your Wheeler Yudas right now, right. who William Regal like, who you know Brian Danielson like, good right. for him. But what about the other guys? Right. You know, it's like Swerve Strickland is quickly soon gonna be on Dark and Dark Elevation, if not Ring of Honor. Right. He deserves better than right. that. But that's what happens when you sign ninety thousand people without having a clear roster separation. Yeah. So. That that's kind of the conclusion we draw. Um, obviously, next week is TBD. Yep, it's gonna be up in the air. We have a lot of different topics to talk about. We even talked about a couple of different ones within this entire show, right. which would be a great topic. But there's no pay per view. We were off by like one week. Yeah, we thought that. Uh, we thought that. Um, we we thought that rebellion was yeah. next week. It's the week after it next is. week. So so anyways, watch out for any news and updates. Become a patron on Patreon. Yep. Um, check it out. There is the little um, QR code right here. Yep. Uh, scan that. You will find all of our social media. And as always, be majestic.